in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Hi, welcome back to the Soulful Leader Podcast. This is Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslag. We are excited to talk to you today. We are here talking about differences again, <laughs> conflict, resolutions, really looking at what happens, what happens when you are in a situation where maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your partner, and you have very opposing views, mm. very opposing views, like, and we want to be right. You know, we we just want to be right. And we want them to understand our point of view and we want them to change <laughs> because life would be so much easier <laughs> if everybody else changed instead of me, right? Uh, what do we do with that? How do we work through that? How do we, instead of getting all like, you know, jacked up on emotion and hormones and all this stuff that we just want to like reach over and throttle our loved one or our, our child or our, you know, whatever it is that we were just angry at or the news or whatever it is, how do we stay calm and peace and transcend and include it? That's really what we're talking about here today. Yeah. And, you know, when we make decisions and we all do it from that place of anger or frustration or disappointment, you know, like we get into that, that like that misunderstanding truly is what it is of, I have a different opinion than you have, and I expect you to have my opinion and so now there is this misunderstanding and that's truly all it is. And yet it, it tweaks us. It, it, we get into emotions. We start to feel something about that thought. And then we have more thoughts about the feeling and then feelings about the thoughts. And if you're interested in going down that rabbit hole, <laughs> you can check out Joe Dispenza's work. He's got amazing work on thought, feeling, thought, feeling, thought, feeling, and then also getting out of it. And so what is that? How do we get out of that and not respond, not react from that place of being in that runaway thought, feeling, thought, feeling shift so that we can actually respond and from a place of, of love or of gratitude or of understanding, right? Go to the higher emotion. It is a real practice because I think you you can see in this world right now where we're at is that we like to point fingers. Mm. And someone said to me one time, every time you point a finger, you look at your hand and you've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Oh, that's great. And I think of that a lot because that's what happens. The blame shame game, right? It's like, Marin, you're wrong and I'm right. Or mm. Marin is so good and I suck. <laughs> you know, we we it's one right. or the other. And instead of like... That's so much energy, so much exhaustion of energy of like, what if we focus on somewhere different? You know, Rumi always said, the great mystic and poet, the 13th, 1300s, he said, beyond right doing and wrongdoing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. And that really lands in my heart a lot of like, what does that mean? Beyond right doing and wrongdoing, there's a field. 
I'll meet you there. You know, we've talked in our past about the future vision and about going to our future where we want and then working backwards. We've also talked about the divine DNA that within us, there is encoding for the best possible truth of who we are and why we're here. That is the field we're talking about, is the, mm. is the deep field of your soul, that your soul knows there is an evolution, there is a higher calling, there's a higher way. If we can meet there, then it transcends the right, wrong, good, bad. So if I am in conflict, if I am in that like space where I can't get past my thought that I want my partner or I want my team member to understand my way, right? And they're not getting it and I'm not getting what they're hearing and they're not hearing what I'm getting, right? So we're in that, that conflict. How do I go to that future place? It sounds great. Right. So, yes, I agree that that's that future place. And what is your trick? What What is it that you do, Stephanie, to help get you out of that moment so that you don't say something you regret or you don't go home beating yourself up, um, either say something externally or internally that will end up being hurtful and will be held on to? I think this is such a great question. I think the first thing is to actually slow it down to breathe. And give yourself some space because, you know, we do react and we will react based on our old habitual ways. And if we're trying to, you know, our intention is to evolve, we don't want to default to the old way. We want to then put in a new way of being. So I'd say step one, stop and breathe and Mm -hmm. slow down and give yourself a moment. And then the second thing I'd say is to tell yourself that A, it's not personal, don't take it personally, (laughs) that this person has a right to what they think or feel. And then I said, be curious. We we had a whole podcast on being curious around, around this. You can listen to that one of just being curious about where they're coming from, but not having an agenda about trying to steer them into one direction or not, or to have them hear your way, but to really listen to someone to create the space because In each and every one of us, we have the answers. And sometimes when you hear somebody else's experience or version of it, it completely can shift the way you experience it too. Mm -hmm. So that would be the next level is say, be open, be open to the possibility of letting go of what you think is true. I love this because just to break it down a little bit further, when you say breathe, the first thing, when we breathe, we make space and if there is no space and, you know, imagine your, your junk closet, we all have a junk closet or a junk drawer and you open it and you try and shove one more thing in there. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't work so well. You know, other things will come tumbling out on top. And when we're in that space of thought, feeling, thought, feeling, and we're in that aggravated place or disappointed place or, or misunderstanding place, we are literally standing over our junk drawer. And it is overfull, and we have no place left to put somebody else's opinion. And the only way is to stop and clean it out. And you don't have to take time to actually clean out the drawer, literally taking a couple of breaths, clearing your mind, 
relaxing your shoulders, really breathing down. Like when you take your breaths, don't make them like, <laughs> right. I'm breathing. <laughs> yeah. The bull with the charging at the red cloth. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not just exacerbates it. So you want to take the breath. That's like the clearing breath. And that is clearing out the junk drawer or making space in the closet so that you actually have an opportunity. And that's the next thing that Stephanie said is like, what's the opportunity, right? And and just speaking more of that breathing, it's like, I always add like soften your body. Mm. Now we might think to ourselves, oh my gosh, I'm not safe. You mm. know, it, but physically we are safe. Often it is our mental construct that's feeling unsafe. Like they're challenging a value or they're challenging a belief system or we're making a story about it. So if you can actually breathe and soften yeah. your body, that is also cleaning out that drunk, that junk drawer. It's amazing. And then you, what'll happen consciously wise is that because now it opens up, you'll actually see a new way of connecting. Yeah. You'll hear and listen from a deeper place rather than reaction. You'll actually hear it from, from your heart, which I want to remind everybody is that when you first fell in love, you were really interested. You were breathing deep and slow. Your body was relaxed. Oh, sure. You might've been really excited and nervous and anxious and those kind of things too, but you were so interested in another person mm. that you were willing to go into the unknown with them. You were willing to go, oh, tell me more. I'm so interested. Why do you like that? Or why do you think that way? And if we can adopt that same sort of sensory, emotional, mental construct in our in our awareness, even if this person is your worst enemy, whether they're on TV, whether they're, you know, a Facebook meme, or just to slow down and breathe and soften and say, what if there was an opportunity for me to really deeply connect with this person from love? What if I was in love with this person? Yeah. And it wasn't about me. I'm curious. I want to get to know them. Yeah. And earlier when you were saying that, you know, it's like our bodies get afraid and we are physically safe. We've gone into literally our bodies have gone into a fight or flight, which is an old way of dealing with things. And because you're safe, if you can take those breaths, get yourself out of that fight or flight and literally it could take just one or two breaths. It depends on your practice, right? So the more often you do it, the easier and the quicker it happens. And then, then you get yourself back into your, your, your prefrontal cortex, where is that's where truth, like in, in innovative thought happens and creativity and solutions only happen from that place, from that creative place in us. And so if we're stuck back here in the back of our brains, what does it take to get to either the prefrontal cortex or even better than that? What Stephanie said is dropping 12 inches into your heart. Because when your heart is open, the world is open to you. And, you know, like Stephanie mentioned it just now, when you're in love, Everything is beautiful. Your worst enemy is like, oh, isn't that person great? How did I not see that before? You know, like everything's coming up roses, right? And if we can get ourselves consciously to start making that our regular, our regular way of being in life. 
So what they're worth to me, it doesn't matter. It's I'm the one who has to live in my body and I want to live in a body that's full of that joy. Don't you? Absolutely. And when we create space and we relax and drop into our own bodies, it creates that space for the other person to also feel safe. So they're not going to be so reactive and trying mm. it because otherwise you're going to be two animals literally going for each other's throat and you cannot meet another animal. <laughs> like it's like one of you has to drop in and soften to create a space. It's like an angry dog. I mean, if you take angry dogs that have been mm. neglected, you know, and you start to show fear, you start to show apprehension and or and or control over the other one, it literally will go for you. But if you can relax and soften and transcend the fear to go to more love, then the other being, animal, whatever it may be, will also soften and there creates space for a conversation. And, and it's interesting, you know, I mean, it's interesting in that way is like when you have two polar opposite view, it actually creates a whole new third ideal. Yeah. And that's what we talk about. It's like, that's what the creativity process is. It's like, you know, diamonds don't become diamonds without pressure. They need that. They need that pressure. And yeah. so if you're feeling pressured, it's like there's something that's creating a diamond in you. But to be able to transcend it and not be so animal and coming from, I always say, you know, if you've got any kind of physical pain, often it's usually coming from low back or from your neck. When it, when we're talking of anger and frustration, it's just like not feeling supported or totally like just one to like, like, you know, from the, from the throat, it's often yeah. those two areas. So if we can go into our heart where it holds the polarity of those two opposites, they will transcend. They will transform. I know this sounds like, like, okay, everybody out there might be listening. That sounds great. I still don't know how to do this. So you have a great little exercise that I've done with you in the past. Would you be willing to share the, the yin yang exercise with everybody? Sure. So this is a great thing to do. If, if you're not familiar with the yin and, and yang or yin yang, yin yang, whichever way you want to say it, tomato, tomato, right? If it's that white, circles looks like a like a little teardrop and then it matches the opposite which would be a black one but in each of the white area there's a little dot of black and in the black area there's a little dot of white for those who are listening and that's the beauty of it there we cannot have darkness without light so what does that mean so just a literal sense of when you look at the black sky at night there are stars and there's a moon there's always light one we can't have total blackness there's always light. Same thing with light. If you could have a brilliant, beautiful, sunny day, but you still have a shadow. It might not be obvious, but it's directly really close underneath you. So what does that mean in the way of life? It means that if we can train ourselves to see the good in the difficulty mm. and the not so great in the good. <laughs> so what do I mean? So let's give it an example here. So I could use, um, so for example, I, I lived in California for a while and I loved it. I mean, I grew up in the uh, Northeast of uh, Canada, which was like snow and cold. And people talk about weather a lot up here. <laughs> like it's all about the weather. Is it sunny? Then we're happy. If it's raining and cold, then we're sad. It's like, we're so, we're so, condition to the weather. So when I lived in California, guess what? It's sunny all the time, all the time. And so I would find that 
I didn't even value it. Like I, it was beautiful, but I didn't value it. I ended up staying inside doing my thing and never really enjoying the sunny days. Whereas when I lived in Canada and the East, East coast, it's sunny, man, I am out. I am doing things. I am active. It's like, isn't that interesting? It's like, we have a different sense of value. Mm. Difficulty now, let, let's take the other side, the challenging. So we were talking about the diamond and the rough. You know, I have had many, many clients who have been diagnosed with cancer or life-threatening diseases. And at the time you could say, well, that is, that's dark. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's awful. Right. And yet when they've come through the other side and they look back, they can say it was the best thing that ever happened to them because it woke them up. It was extraordinary. And they got so many gifts from it. You know, they might've changed their lifestyle. They might've valued things differently. Like if we can start to train ourselves both ways so that we're not attached to it's either good or it's bad, or it's right, or it's wrong, or it's left, or it's right, or it's up or it's down. If we can start to train ourselves in the center and that we can see from both ways, it creates more space within ourselves so that we can create more space for somebody who is maybe very, very different than we are. Mm. And then there's room for inclusivity. You know, that's the big word of these days is inclusiveness. It's huge. It's yeah. not just about accepting people on, on the surface level. The way we accept people and have inclusiveness is when we dive beyond the form. When we see their soul mm. and we can connect that we are all living beings, breathing air, feet on the earth. We're all united actually in this. And we're all having challenges and difficulties and as well as great, beautiful things too. And when we can see that we are one global humanity, of a family, it's like in anyone in our family, if someone we love is hurting, whether we agree with them or disagree with there's someone we love, it still hurts us. Yeah. So if we can look at all beings this way as, hey, how can I love this person more? And ultimately, how can I love myself more? Because we do this to ourselves, by the way. Yeah. You know that the, I call it the IBS committee, the itty bitty shitty committee inside. <laughs> you know, it's like that harshness of a of a critical voice that's inside you. If we can work with that critical voice inside ourselves and transcend the right or wrong, good or bad inside ourselves, it makes it gentler and more capacity for someone outside of ourselves. I think that's so key. And that's one of the things that I have really transformed over the last couple of years. And I'm very grateful that I even had someone helping me with that awareness um, because I do want to live inside a body that is a kind, loving body. And the Marin that used to live in here was, was not so kind and loving, not to myself mostly, right? out there to other people, they saw a kind, loving person. And, and I was so hard on myself and this exercise done within, meaning the, the yin yang exercise that Stephanie just gave going inside and finding the light in our own darkness. And then also finding the shadow pieces of our bright light spots, right. Of like, where are some of those shadow pieces that Oh, it could be embraced. Like, oh, I'm not valuing the sunshine. I'm not getting out on a nice day and not beating myself up for that. Just going, oh, look at that. There's there's some shadow in that lightness of I'm surrounded by beauty and I'm not appreciating it. Great. 
good information and doing it from that inclusive way. It really does change the world that you live in because the the of the the view the the viewfinder from which you're looking which is me right that's how i perceive the world and i was perceiving it from a very negative place even though it was a very beautiful world yeah, yeah it, it is a real gift to become aware of what's going on inside you and how you treat yourself because i can guarantee if you're treating yourself that way, you're giving permission for other people to treat yourself that way too. Yeah. And chances are you are either overcompensating for it, which takes a lot of energy, or you're projecting it out on other people as well. And so we don't really see people for who they are because we already have preconceived ideas and we don't create that space for them to surprise and delight us. So surprise and delight yourself. And challenge, challenge those thoughts, challenge those beliefs, challenge those values and go, what if, what if I wasn't so rigid on those? What if I could hold them lightly and be curious if there's another or higher way? And it's such a beautiful way. I'll give you a last example. When I was in university, I studied physical education. And one of our projects we had to do (laughs) was to study a, a relaxation exercise for athletes. And I picked massage therapy. Now this was 30 years ago. So 30 years ago, I'm researching, you know, massage therapy, and I'm not finding a whole heck of a lot. And it's pretty buffy and fluffy. (laughs) I call it buff and fluff. And so my, you know, 21 year old self at that time was like, oh, this is an evidence base. There's no proof in this. How could this be of any help or any service? It's not really doing anything. And I remember completely ripping apart the field of massage therapy. I got an A plus on the report. Now what's odd and funny and surprising and delightful is that I became a (laughs) massage therapist and I've been practicing for 30 years. So it's so fascinating that all of a sudden, like what happened, what happened to that, that critical Stephanie that ripped that apart that now has been for the last 30 years living as a massage therapist and seeing a completely different side is that I allowed myself to drop into it, not for becoming a massage therapist, but out of curiosity of how can I receive, I was actually in it all for myself. Like I'd never had a massage before. Why not go and try to take a massage. And I ended up becoming a massage therapist. Things all happened. So when I, when I moved back home to uh, my home in um, Nova Scotia, Canada, I remember my mother saying, you have to come over to the attic and clean out your stuff. And I found that report Hmm. and it made me think about all the times that I have really held onto something rigidly as a belief system, because I was right and they were wrong, Hmm. that it taught me a lesson to say, hold things lightly. Because what is true in one moment of your life can radically change in the next. I love that, that whole rigidity thing. And that is where conflict comes from, is from rigidity. So taking that full circle back to the beginning of like allowing the breath to soften the rigidity so that you can get to a place of creativity and kindness and love and compassion. Absolutely. 
And guess what? It'll create resiliency because resiliency means that you can bounce back when you're soft and you're breathing. It it bounces off of you. It doesn't stick. It doesn't cause injury. Yeah. Rigidity breaks. So thank you so much, Stephanie. That was an awesome journey. And we would love to get your feedback. So we do have a Facebook group. You can find us at The Soulful Leader on Facebook. We also are on both on LinkedIn. So if you would like to give us your feedback, we would love that. We would love to hear where you're feeling rigid or where you have managed to soften something in your life or shift an, shifted an old perception. And if you're not interested in joining us um, on Facebook or on LinkedIn, then we'll listen, we'll, hopefully you'll hear us next week on this channel right here, the Soulful Leader Podcast. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.